0: But underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America. One enslaved mind at a time, and I'll get to say that again to you in just a minute when we come back from the break. But we just want to let you know here, we're here to help you learn about what's going on so you can make better decisions. And along that here is we broadcast to you live from the Noble Gold Studios here on the Common Sense Show. We are sponsored by Noble Gold, and listen to me, and please listen to me carefully. You are in a situation right now where you're facing unparalleled challenges. The Dodd-Frank law of 2013, excuse me, 2010, said that they can take your money anytime they want out of the bank. When you deposit in the bank, it's no longer your money. That includes your retirement. And I want to have you learn about Noble Gold so you can protect your retirement, not start over. The first step is to take it out of the bank, that's right, out of the bank, give you control, And then have noble gold back it up with gold. I want to send you a free information packet. Go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. And I'll tell you exactly how we accomplish that so you don't lose everything. The government wants me to tell you that all investments are inherently risky and past performance has nothing to do with future performance. I'll say this in response, and I agree with the warning, but I'll say it in response. I've been advertising for Noble Gold for six years. I've been a customer for five. I think that speaks volumes for where we're at. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't have a lot of time. When CVDC gets here, game over. DaveHodgesGold.com, and I will rush you out an information packet. Stay tuned for our guest, Seth Holhouse. First appearance on the show, you're going to Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Common Sense Show, where we are freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you for staying with us through that introduction here, and now it's time to go to the guest that we promised you, Seth Wholehouse. Uh, Man in America. I love that title, Seth. I want to welcome you to the show. Tell me how you came up with and what's the significance of that phrase, "Man in America"? That seems to be a moniker for you.
1: <laughs> well, uh, thank you for having me. First off, uh, you're also you're doing some some great work with your show. Um, but you know, getting into Man in America, I'll, I'll try to condense what is a much larger story. So it, the idea was born back in. 2020, uh, before we got into the election, you know that was the time that I think by that point, it was obvious, especially for most people that were paying attention in America, that we were at war and a big part of that war was an information war. And so i had been following you know, some key folks like General Flynn uh, talking about the importance of fighting the information war. And we're thinking, you know, my wife and I, because my wife is really the other half of the show, she's just behind the scenes. So I'm, I'm the guy that gets to sit in front of the camera, but... As we were approaching the election, we were contemplating. Okay, maybe we should do a, a you know a YouTube channel, release content about what's happening. And it was really though the election night, you know, especially it was that moment when Fox called Arizona oh, yeah. that like everything really solidified it crystallized. Is it like I okay? It all makes sense. You know, COVID leading up to the changing of the election laws, leading up to all the stuff that we saw happening, leading up to the election. Yeah, we we saw that this was, it wasn't just some mistakes or some late night ballot dumps or a lost flash drive. It was a communist coup. And that's what it was. It was no different than the orange revolution or the revolutions that have happened across so many countries in our world where know the Bolsheviks or Mao, it was the overthrowing of a duly elected leader to put in someone that was being controlled by, uh, you know, People with a strong communist interest, and so mm-hmm. it was within a couple of days following that. You know, we said, "Look, okay, let's let's make a video. Uh, let's explain what happened on election night, because a- at that time there was so much information out there. Yet, you had the mainstream media, especially even Fox News, denying any claims of malfeasance with the election process, and but also like like a lot of issues that I see today." Everyone's focused on the the 5,000-foot level, just the details and the nuts and bolts, instead of looking at what's the bigger cause, what's behind this. And so we created this video called The Plot to Steal America, which detailed not just what happened in the election, but went into the Chinese Communist Party, they out aspirations for control, why they had to get Trump out of office, the cultural revolution we're seeing in America with the BLM, the statues falling. And, and we just told that, that whole story, the media's role in it. And so that was how we started. Now, the, the name of Man in America, it's funny because we were uh, you know a few months before that, we're just chatting and said, like, well, what would we call a, a channel? And I, I think my response, to my wife was like, well, I'm really just some man in America. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no one special. I'm just some guy that wants to do something. And that was it. She's like, oh, man in America. It's like it's not the only man in America. It's just, it's just I'm a, a man in America that chose to do something just as you are. You're just as much man in America as I am. And so we put together that first video. And after about three weeks, it was going, starting to go viral. And that was when I woke up one morning. and I had all these phone calls coming in all at once and President Trump actually shared the video. He shared it on his Twitter page. And then what he did is he ended up pinning it to his profile, but then his team took the video and broke it into two parts and uploaded the video directly to his YouTube, to his Facebook, to his Twitter, to all of his social media. It was pinned on his Twitter. So if you went to you know, Trump's YouTube page, like our video was the one that was playing as like the main video. So that's what really launched the career into what uh, you know what i'm doing now we didn't set out to do this it wasn't the intention to become some sort of youtube personality it was we're at war it's information war this is how we're fighting and you know now we've done you know gosh over 200 shows approaching 300 and we're just going strong
0: yeah you and i have similar humble beginnings um you know i i knew kind of what was going on in this country for a long time my dad was former navy intel worked with capture german scientists and he gave me a pretty big download before he passed but the one thing i would say is what brought me into the fight is when john mccain and his globalist banker friends tried to steal my land and 300 of my rural neighbors to put the canamex highway through it we're going to do it for 30 years but they wanted to force us off our land so they didn't pay for it and i got into an eight-year battle and I was in the media long enough, I eventually got offered a radio show, and that's how I got started. I was uh, just teaching my psychology classes, and I was a men's college basketball coach. Uh, so I had no intention of ever doing this. And now that I've met it, it's just like, and I'm sure you agree, the stakes are too high to walk away.
1: They really are. And that's, you know, I've got a you know—a little girl that's turning three in a, in a couple of months. Awesome. I've Got another one, another child on the way, and as I now that you're in it and, and you're on the front line and you see how important this type of work is, right? You're right. It's there's too much. You know, to walk away, even if someone said, "Look, we'll pay you a million dollars a year to you know to, to come manage this small business and you get you know work twenty hours a week," to me, it doesn't matter. It, it could be twenty million dollars because. I feel like that at this point to step away from doing something that I think is directly fighting in this battle to save our our nation and our world, to step away from that, I feel like I'm selling my future and I'm selling my my children's future. Uh, And so there's, there's really, there's no price that could pay for that for me.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. By the way, you you mentioned Arizona. Uh, I'm an unfortunate resident uh, in Northern Maricopa County in a rural area. And, uh, In in 2020, and I'll say this immodestly, uh, if you wanted to know how the election was stolen in Maricopa County in 2020, you either went to Liz Harris or me. In fact, Liz and I used to speak at a lot of the same Tea Party events. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you know her fate. She managed to get elected. I think it was a setup. I think they let her in without the voter fraud so they could expel her the first time that she brought up voter fraud. And that's what they did to her. Are you familiar with Liz?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't interviewed her. I've interviewed Wendy Rogers and uh, Carrie Lake, but not Liz. But I saw that as soon as as soon as she starts doing that, they, they throw her out.
0: Yeah. I can, I can hook you up with uh, um, Liz. Uh, She and I communicate pretty often. Um, I I will say this though, not to demean anybody, but uh, Wendy Rogers used to come on my show regularly and when she made some unsubstantiated claims and I asked her to verify them, um, she attacked me on Rumble. So <laughs> all's well that doesn't end well. And she was not a friend of Liz Harris down the stretch. She ran the meeting that got Liz Harris kicked out. But nothing happened to her. And I thought, that, I thought that was very interesting. And are you familiar with the, uh, the, the report that got Liz Harris kicked out, Called uh, loosely called the Breger Report from John Thaler?
1: I never, I, I saw it floating around but i never studied it in depth at all
0: yeah well let me ask you this if if if, have you come across this the allegation made by john thaler and he did this over 26 states he's a former rico investigator and did a lot of work for the department of justice so this isn't a conspiracy theorist as the media is painting him he did this work for 30 years professionally and what he said is Sinaloa money cartel activities, largely involving fake real estate mortgage companies, launder money from all their illicit activities, and they're used to buy off judges, uh, state politicians. He names names, and he has 20,000 affidavits in his report. Are are you familiar with this at all? Have you seen this kind of uh, chicanery going on around the country?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially you you bring up the the cartels, and... I think that for a lot of Americans, they think, okay, there's the cartels. They think, okay, they're bad. They're they're drug dealers, and it's easy to just have this idea that they're just this these organized gangs out of Mexico, right? And of course, they're I, I've you know they're heavily involved in our elections because they're not just these isolated yes. gunslingers. Um, they tie into the the both sides of the parties. But they also tie very heavily into China, into Russia, um, in in this kind of turning the sights on China a little bit. That's one of the main ways that, that they are bringing the fentanyl in, right? Either yeah. than this is this is part of it, as we'll get into the financial stuff and everything. This is all this multi-prong approach of unrestricted warfare, and a big part of that is the is using these gangs to obviously to help manipulate the elections, but to bring fentanyl over the border. So it makes sense that we've now got a, a a plant in the White House that's keeping the border open because that's one of the main ways that we are under attack right now. And, I'm, and I'm, I interviewed uh, Michael Yan recently, who's the war correspondent who's been down there. And he, he keeps sounding the alarm that this isn't a border crisis. This is a World War Three invasion. Yes. And so not only is it that the invasion of drugs, the invasion of them bringing all these children over for the, you know, the child sex trafficking, uh, but also it is the invasion of all these military-aged men, these fifth-column men, that if you look at what's happened in Paris when, or in France as a whole, that all of a sudden, whenever that the one trigger event happens, they've been planning, you've now got armed, you know, armed immigrants. You know, I, I'm seeing videos coming out of France with people with belt-fed machine guns in a country where it's not even very easy to get guns, fully automatic AK-47s, belt-fed machine guns parading through the streets of, of France. And so, it's uh, yes, it's easy to point to the gangs, but actually, I think the gangs are just they're just a pawn of these much bigger. I agree. movements agree. are happening.
0: I agree. L- let me just give you one example of how entrenched they are in Arizona. The Breaker report, uh, and I haven't been able to confirm this yet because I haven't worked on it yet, but I will. The governor, Katie Hobbs, who campaigned from her basement like Joe Biden and refused to debate Carrie Lake, she um, is listed prominently in the Breger report of receiving a $500,000 payoff. I will tell you this. She received $2 million from various George Soros organizations to obtain the Secretary of State position prior to being governor. And I got a video of her telling fellow Democrats that when I get elected, it's my job to get other Democrats elected and keep them elected. I mean, why don't you just come out and say you're going to cheat your butt off? Uh, but she, I have that on tape. Our secretary of state is Adrian Fontes. He was voted out by the voters um, because he did so much illegal stuff with regard to Maricopa County elections when he was the county clerk and recorder. Now he's the secretary of state. Um, he's a cartel lawyer. I don't know if Carrie mentioned that on your show, but he is a cartel lawyer. His first cartel case was to defend the cartel people who killed Border Patrol agent Brian Terry in the Fast and Furious gun running operation. That's who's running my state. Uh, this is how bad it is. The, I believe the Breger report's real, and I won't go into great detail, but I was, I used to speak at a group at Prescott, about 500 people called Yavapai Rising. And there was a lady that ran the group. She was a realtor and she pulled the records on connections between money laundering in that county, Yavapai County, the marijuana trafficking, uh, that's now legal that the Sinaloas are embedded in in Arizona. And, uh, she made a connection to a, a, a prominent state senator. And, uh, within a week, She was the victim of an assassination attempt. Her boyfriend was shot in the head. He returned fire before losing consciousness, hit the assailant twice, and now the authorities in that county are charging this attempt com. That's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. Did first degree assassin, first degree murder assassin with uh, the lesser of all charges. And he's going to end up getting a walk. And this is the same county. If you remember when Hunter Biden was at the Prescott uh, airport, he got caught with crack cocaine in his rental car and they let him have a walk as well. That That's who runs my state, Seth. So when you say Arizona... I'm all too familiar with you. Organized crime runs this state,
1: and it's it, it's so difficult. I think you know for a lot of Americans, it, myself included. You know, we we look back at say five or ten years ago, and to a certain degree, it's it's easy to say that ignorance is bliss. And for so many of us, you know, you, you know, let's just say you know, kind of rewind ten years ago, you would have looked at life at that time as. You know, there were some issues in America they had some problems you know with you know Obama, there was more racism in America, of course, and you know but you you now fast forward to where we are now, and i I think that there's a lot of people have come to a very shocking reali- realization and understanding that the level of evil and corruption in this world is so much greater than anybody would want to imagine, especially good people, good Americans. It's hard for them to comprehend this level of, of, of evil, especially as you get into stuff with, with children and all that it's, it's, it's almost beyond their comprehension. But I think there's a lot of people that are now realizing that a, there is this evil and that the, the courts are controlled. The governments are controlled. The the movies, you know, the Hollywood politicians, entertainment, education, Big Pharma. I mean the list just goes on and on and on and on. And you know for some folks to say, "Gosh, I wish we could go back to the '90s or we go back to the early 2000s when things were good." It's like, well, for me, now that now that I see the truth about what's really running our country, it's like to me, the only way forward is to bring that to completely collapse all that and build anew. I don't want to go back to this ignorance is bliss state where we're being run by these complete criminals.
0: Yeah, I have a real problem with Congress, and I've been on this bandwagon for a couple of weeks now. I'm tired of the endless investigations that go nowhere. Um, you know, you bring in a witness to testify against Hunter Biden for violation of the Federal Services Registration Act, Farah, and uh, they end up charging the DOJ charges the witness with the same crime. You want to stop it? All the House has to do is cut off funding to the DOJ i mean they have the total control of the purse yet all we see from these people is one investigation after another after another after another and nothing ever happens and they are doing nothing with the power that they have
1: well i remember this is probably maybe a year and a half or two years back that i interviewed dr david martin and he brought up this exact same point he said i think we were talking about rand paul at that point and he goes you know how every single time you, see these, you know, see these videos going viral, right? Rand Paul roasts Fauci. Rand Paul destroys Fauci. It's this little two-minute clip of Fauci squirming in his chair, getting uncomfortable, and Rand Paul pushing and pushing and pushing. And what David said, because David really he really knows the, a lot of legal aspects of these, these situations. And he said, look, he said, Rand Paul has the documents in hand needed to indict Fauci. He says, but he will never do it. He goes, why? Because him roasting Fauci is is his greatest fundraising campaign there is. Is he's the guy that sticks it to Fauci at these congressional hearings, and that's and that's exactly what it is. And that's why I've become a little bit disheartened with politics, especially at that level, at the, at the Washington D.C. level, that I feel like that that if I give too much energy to it. It's not that different than going back into ancient Rome and saying, okay, which gladiator is going to win today, right? I'll take my free bread, show me the circus, and I'm going to be focusing solely on this while the real people that are supposed to be protecting the country are completely driving it into ruin without anybody paying attention to them because everyone's focused on the kabuki theater.
0: Yeah. And I think these politicians think they're getting enough money that they can insulate themselves from their future bad decisions uh, and insulate their families, and they're sadly mistaken. Their brown shirts and the communist Chinese, when they're here, are not going to look kindly upon brown shirts. Um, how far do you think this Congress, this administration and the White House, how far are they willing to go? Is it the complete setup for the absolute fall of America, even leading to military uh, defeat? You
1: know... Eh- it's it's a really important question. It's, and it's such a far-reaching question, to but I think it's something that we shouldn't shy away from because that's if you take a step back and you think, okay, what is the end goal of this? And and this, I, I think there's a few different aspects that, for one, America is the last bastion of freedom in the entire world. If you look at Australia. Ten years ago, I thought Australia was probably just as free as America.
0: Yeah, I agree. Right?
1: You, or the UK or Canada, but we're now seeing where those countries are at. And I think that you know, it's primarily because we have the Constitution, we have the Bill of Rights, we have the Second Amendment, we have the First Amendment, and we have enough Americans that understand those things that, that they 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 pull their power from these documents, which gives us this the, the confidence to forge ahead and fight against this. But you know. We know that there are multiple parties that want to create a a new world order, right? They want to create a centralized world government, centralized world religion, centralized control over all of our health decisions, and America, the the freedoms that we have in America, and especially the the way of, of how our republic is set up, passing down a lot of the powers to the state level not just trying to defeat one country of america they're trying to defeat one country of america 50 states in america and all the counties in america because of how the the founders established our country and so this, for them to accomplish this goal absolutely need america to fall and and to fall in the worst way possible i think that for a lot of them that if they could look at america and see that maybe there's only 30 million people here living in the ruins of this once great country they would be like perfect we've achieved our goal because while for a long time the 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 american our military was what stood in the way of the you know say the soviet union or a lot of these uh, you know these other powers that wanted to gain control of the whole world we we really played the role of the of the world police we now see that in a lot of ways, our military is is very compromised, uh, intentionally being weakened. I think that's a lot of the, the, the idea, a lot of the goal of the Ukraine war was actually to demilitarize America. Uh, you had Joe Biden recently come out talking about how we're low on ammunition, right? Because we've been sending everything over there, I think is completely part of a strategy to, to gut America. You had the, the vaccine mandates sp- specifically put onto our Military to gut our military and think about this as as well. If you were preparing, if you were softening up a country for attack, which I believe is where we're at, I, I believe that that between China and Russia, that if they had it their way, they would probably be moving into a some sort of kinetic attack within the next one to two years on American soil. And it, but if you were preparing for that, what were what would the what would the steps be? I'd say one is you want to build your fifth column. You'd want to flood military-age fighting males into the country. So that way, once the attack starts, there's sabotage to the power grid, sabotage to the food systems. That way, you're attacking you know, from the inside and the outside. Mm. You would do that. You'd want to weaken the military. Well, hey, great. Well, the vaccine's a great way to weaken the military because all of the patriots that, that cherish the Constitution... Most of them in the military are going to say, you know what? I'm not going to get that thing. I know about it. I'm not going to get it. They're going to be leaving or they're going to be expelled. And the ones that stay in are now compromised physically, right? So they they might be having myocarditis or any number of issues. We see all these professional athletes dying. Imagine active military. The same thing's happening within the military as uh, Lee Dundas and Tom were were testifying, exposing this. Mm -hmm. So you go after that. You'd also want to go after our first responders. You'd want to go after our hospital system. So, why do you think it is that the mandates were heavy, were so heavy on first responders in the hospital system? Because those systems are also being weakened, and these this is this is the core infrastructure of that, what you'd want to weaken in a country before you move in. Um, so, I think that yeah, I, I think that their end goal is to absolutely destroy. I'm not saying that they will succeed. There's different reasons of believing that they won't succeed, but I do believe that that is what they're working towards.
0: No, I could not agree with you more. I have seen ample evidence of this. In fact, let me take this one step further to get your reaction to this. Back in 2017, the late Paul Martin, John Moore, myself, and some others received a transcript from a speech that the former defense minister of China allegedly made, in which he went through and he espoused all the great virtues of America and how he saved them from Japan in World War II. But at the end of the day, they said, we need North America. We will occupy North America. We're not going to cohabitate. And the real strong implication was the use of race-specific bioweapons to basically commit genocide against the people here. Are you familiar with any of this at all?
1: Uh, yeah, that was, um, I think it was Chi Hao and I believe, if I'm correct, that it was actually the Epoch Times that received that, got a copy of that speech, and ended up
0: publishing that was a, it. That was a different one. <laughs> uh, same well, same, well, theme, same theme, same thing. But I think that was Weifang's predecessor.
1: Oh, I see. Because I know Chi. Okay, so Chi Hao Chen. I believe that speech was right yeah. around 2000, and that's where he was talking. I'm familiar about,
0: with that, but it yeah. seems, in fact, actually, the last wefang successor has made those noises too. But the last four defense ministers of China have said similar things, not identical. They're not often s- specific as to race-specific bioweapons that they got from Israel. Uh, we fangs labeled that very specifically. But the other ones have said that we're not going to cohabitate in America. And so uh, do you think we need to be worried about genocide on our soil?
1: I, I do. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, a very spiritual man, so I my ultimately my... <laughs> Uh, you know, I I will worry, but at a certain point I say, okay, it, it's in God's hands. But yeah. I, I think it's important for us to understand that that is a possibility. And there's a lot of people that I've talked to because I've, uh, you know, I've received a lot of flack for covering this exact topic. Uh, one of my guests I've had on m- many times is Jeff Nyquist, who's in my yeah. opinion, one of the most knowledgeable people. About- I,
0: I know Jeff well.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. And me, me too. And he's one of the most knowledgeable people about the subversion, the long-term plan to bring down America, even going back to some of the defectors that he's, that he's was very, very Mm -hmm. close with telling him and saying that the Chinese and the Russians already have an agreement that the Chinese get the lower 48 and the Mm -hmm. Russians get Alaska and Canada, that this is that they've already parceled up their winnings. They've already divided up their, their chest of gold and and their Viking pillage. And so, um, I think that now, I think there's, there's certain forces that would stop them from being able to do that. Um, but I believe that absolutely that there's, that we have to be cognizant of that threat. And what concerns me is that even when I was bringing Jeff on, there were so many people that in the comments in the audience that were saying China would never attack America. We've got the second amendment. We've got, we you know, nobody would ever try attacking America. And it's that attitude. That opens you up for the attack, and you know. I, I remember I asked Jeff this specifically in one of the interviews. I said, "How do you respond to that?" And he goes, "He goes, okay. So, say America, we've got say half a billion guns, right? It, you know, I think the numbers in that, in that ballpark, It would take a, yeah. h- a couple hundred million, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's got their guns. Okay, how many people have a month worth of food? How many people know how to survive a cold winter? It's like, you know, China or Russia, if they were going to come in and attack." They would not just come in with guns blazing, like you know, red dawn style. They drop down in parachutes, they're shooting everybody up. They'd attack our supply lines, they'd attack our power grid. Even if they just attacked the power grid, within 30 days, you know, probably half of our country is underground, you know. I mean, buried underground. Actually, wouldn't even be buried, they'd be rotting on the street. I mean, so to I think it's very naive to think that there that there's no way because we have our guns that we're we're invincible i think it's very very naive to think that
0: i agree but it hasn't stopped the chinese from advocating for gun control inside the united states uh remember after sandy hook uh the, the chinese were all over this but i think you make an excellent point there yeah and jeff has said very similar things on my show we appear on john moore's tuesday morning show for two hours every tuesday so I'm very, very familiar with Jeff's work, and I've had him on my show. And his evidence is overwhelmingly convincing, and I do agree that they're going to divvy up America. But, you know, they do have the problem, though, of there will be pockets, like in Phoenix. You can survive a cold winter, and you can get through the heat, and there are a lot of guns in in, in uh, Maricopa County. Uh That's why I, I believe the Chinese will probably resort to the use of chemical weapons.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that they would, as they've, as they've talked about. But, you know, one thing when I, I mentioned uh, in saying that I don't think that they, they will be able to succeed. And do you want me to dive into that a little bit as in terms of why Please. I believe that? Yes. Well, so the, there's a handful of things is that, you know, for one, looking at, the, let's look at this from the perspective of the art of war. the you know, The Chinese, that.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges.
1: That has been that has been their, their military handbook for hundreds and you know, thousands of years, right? I mean, it's since its its inception that's really guided them. It's it's in their DNA. And a big part of that is acting strong when you're weak. And I think that right now. China is doing everything possible to act strong. But I think that behind the the veil, behind the the veil of propaganda and lies that that they're putting out there, that they're truly on the verge of collapse. And and that's the thing, is that and and I believe, I I really believe that within the next couple of years, we will see the collapse of the Chinese Communist Party. And when you when the, the CCP collapses, the threat of the of the invasion the So much of the threats, as it relates to central bank digital currency, the technocracy, the control of our population, population or sorry, politicians, so many of those threats will collapse along with the CCP. And there's a few different factors that I bring into that perspective on the CCP. For one, something, and I don't know exactly what it was or what variant it was, but you know, I, I follow the Epoch Times very closely. I know a lot of the, the folks there, and. Something happened in China with COVID that was different than the rest of the world. Yes, and I agree. I've I've gotten reports and you know, from people saying that there's anywhere from tens of millions even to hundreds of millions of Chinese that died because of something that spread in China, and so that's to me like that's very very significant. Of course, they're not showing that if you look at like the cell phone data, you look at those different indicators, the cre- the crematories, that there's something that happened in China that wiped out. Um, Personally, I believe it's over 100 million Chinese. Actually, I
0: I got an intelligence source that said it could be as high as 400 million.
1: That was the number I was told, to. But I thought that maybe I wouldn't put that out there because maybe it would be. I understand because
0: it sounds outrageous to say that. I hear what you're saying. My source is unimpeachable. He's been right about everything else. He's an expert on China, been to China, knows China. And then I've got a former CIA source that I can't name. Um, My audience knows him. They just don't know what he did. And he's worked in China, and he thinks something very similar. He thinks it's a beta test for what they're going to do as pandemic number two.
1: It, it very well could be. Um, so you've got, so, okay, let's just go with, with, it, with that particular intel that if they've lost, that's almost a third of their population. Yes. Um, and you've also, there's been, I've about Times has covered this extensively, that it seems like the people that are dying are the ones that are closely aligned to the party high-level politicians, military. So that's why I think this is something that it's really the hand of God that's playing out um, in this so that you have the debts. Okay. And like what happens to a country if it loses a third of its population? Uh, How many of those people were in China's military that we think is so massive and strong? You have the financial, you have the, you know, the China's economy is teetering on the brink of an atomic bomb going off over there, right? So we have that. You have the, the, the struggle with food. Why are they, they pushed? Why are they rushing so much to try to get our lower 48? Because they can't feed their own people. That's why they've been stockpiling grains like we've never seen before in history because they're on the edge of not being able to feed their population. Right. You have all the natural disasters. You've got floods, you've got famine, you've got uh, droughts everything's hitting. You've even got blood, you've got blood red rivers. I mean, it's really biblical what's happening in China right now. But then one of the key, one of the most important factors I think is really tied into what I believe will be the collapse of the Chinese Communist Party is the quit the CCP movement. Because if you look into these totalitarian regimes, a big factor that's allowed them to control their society is that they keep everyone within a relative iron curtain of propaganda so that even the, their own citizens think that, say, to Tiananmen Square, uh, 10 students were killed and 100 military were killed. That's what they were taught. You know, Whatever it is, they keep them within that those lies because it's the, ultimately, we're not at, at a place right now where they can have complete and utter control of people with a gun to the back of your head. You know, China is not one giant labor camp. They have to still Rely on brainwashing and propaganda to to control the population. They also need, if they're going to war with America, they need the support of their own citizens. If they don't have the support of their own citizens, they're not going to be in the factories, uh, you know, manufacturing manufacturing munitions. They're not going to be willingly giving up a a paying job to go work for the the communist system at a time of war, as they turn over into a war economy, and so. This movement, it's called the Tui Dong in Chinese, which means quit the CCP. They've registered over 400 million Chinese that have publicly renounced the Chinese Communist Party. And so what that, what that also shows me is I think that the that communism is a mind virus. It's a parasite and it infects the, the host, infects the brain of the people that takes over. But if you can rip it out of your brain and you can reject it, and if you can even publicly in a place like China, where they will they will put you in a labor camp for get, passing out a flyer about Falun Gong or for having the wrong version of a Bible. If a place like China, if you can publicly renounce the Chinese Communist Party, and, and they're removing that specter, they're removing that parasite from them, it's weakening the, the the it's weakening the Chinese Communist Party. So, and there's a whole lot of other factors, but I think that all these factors together show me that China, the CCP in particular is is truly on the brink of collapse.
0: I, I think to a large degree, you're right. I, I think that they are largely a paper tiger. But here's something that concerns me. We have a multitude of nations now going to gold back, you know, the BRICS uh, digital currency. And this is an opposition to the petrodollar, America's reserve currency dollar. And then you even have bin- Business Insider coming out and saying the withdrawal, or the recall of the American dollar is imminent. Uh, and the bank to facilitate the implementation of uh, central bank digital currency has been awarded to China. And the name escapes me off the top of my head. I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I do know it's there. Clay Clark and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, so there seems to be a movement on the part of the globalists to prop China up at least long enough to play world policeman and the steward of CBDC enough to make this changeover. Do you think they're going to fail, or uh, how would you how would you address that?
1: Well, I, I, a I do think they will fail, um, and there's a handful of reasons why I think that, which I can get into. Many of which have I've already you know gone over, but, but yeah, I look at I look at China as Frankenstein's monster. Uh, you know, if you go back into the origins of the CCP, even you go back into Mao's early days, he was funded by Yale University. You know, it was the Yale in China program that got Mao off the ground. It was, I think it was John Rockefeller that wrote an op-ed for the New York Times, or one of the, maybe it was Dave, I forget, it was one of the Rockefellers that wrote an op-ed for New York Times praising China's success with communism. So it's, a lot of people will then say, because I've talked I've really, I've really banged the drum about the CCP. And I've had folks that say, oh, you're missing the point. It's all about the 13 bloodlines and, and the globalists. And it's like, well, I think that they're involved. But the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how powerful Frankenstein's creator was. Once Frankenstein has its own will and wants to go around and, and, and exert that will and take control, I think that's what's happened with the CCP. And so I think that that part of this plan is that I think that there was at a certain point, perhaps a plan to try to build the new world order around America and around the military industrial complex here. But I, I believe that with the weakening of the military, the weakening of the dollar, and just the, the weakening of that military industrial complex, it's happened that they've slowly been shifting their sights over to China. And so that China becomes the, the country that you're right, that does become the new world police. And But if you take a step back and you look at how would they implement this system you know who controls that technology? And this is, for, again, for people saying that, well, China doesn't really have that much control. It's actually the globalists. Well, look at the 5G network, look at Huawei, and you can find maps of this in terms of how much of the 5G infrastructure is controlled by China, right? Going into the Belt and Road Initiative, yeah. right? The, the, you know, BNR, I think they've got, I, I wrote down actually here, 147 countries that are either signed up or have expressed interest, 40% of the global global GDP, right so you can see that that they're making all the right moves to to basically take the us out of the spot that it was in and put china in its place but the thing is is that for all the reasons that, that i detailed already if the ccp can't sustain itself until that transition happens right so once they want to move us in they they flick that switch everyone's under a cbdc then it's okay. Yeah, maybe you could say at that point, the CCP would be able to bypass and surpass this, this great weakness that's experiencing right now, but I don't think it will get there. And so if the CCP doesn't, you know, say, collapses before that system is put into place, which I think that that system is actually much further behind than they want us to think. I mean, go to your local DMV, go to your local court, your local government office here in America. Like I was there recently you know, getting a birth certificate and they're still using typewriters. I mean, that they're so far behind. So to think that they're all of a sudden gonna be like this like cutting edge technology to control us with this, you know, this you know, beautifully crafted technocracy, I, I think it's far-fetched. And so I do think though, that when the CCP collapses, that with that, the hopes, the globalist hopes of a one world order, of a centralized government, of a global CBDC that's tied to a social credit score. I think that all of that will collapse with the fall of the CCP.
0: What about the, um, you, you know, I'm hoping you're absolutely right. And I've considered what you've said as well, too. But I think that if China fails, isn't the fail safe a war?
1: I think, yeah, well, I would say Yes. Um, and that that is another one of the that is another one of the the concerns because we know that uh, war is one of the great tools of the elites it's how they reset things it's when they've when they've played every every play on the board and and they're they're trapped in a corner what what do they do? they take the whole board and they tip it over they throw it off the ground under the ground and that's just then they can redraw the boundaries and and so I, you know so I do think that that would be but so if if there is that potential for war, if if the CCP is losing control, if it's, if it's on its way out, I think that the, in a lot of ways you have it's the CCP that's propping up Russia and a lot of their activities. Like if you look at Ukraine, it's it's interesting. Here's an, an, an interesting perspective on what's happening with Ukraine: is that it's pulling so many resources into it. Right. American resources, NATO resources, Russian resources. I think even a lot of Chinese resources that maybe we're not as, as well aware of. It's it's continuing to pull so many resources into it that when that's over and done with, it's not like you're gonna have, it's not like you're at the end of an arms race where, okay, now the war is ready and America's been building up and Russia's been building up. You now have a lot of these countries that normally would be the countries that you know kind of banging their heads for a world war that are just still barely recovering from having everything drained from the Ukraine war. So I think there is, again, I think that they would push for that, but whether they would have the resources, the control they would need in uh, all those mechanisms still in place to accomplish that, it's, it's hard to say because the level of control that the globalists had over the chessboard of the world, say back during the World War II, was, was extremely, extremely significant. And I think that part of what's happening now is that they're losing that control. And so I think with the fall of the CCP, with the what's happened with the Ukraine war, uh, with a lot of other factors, I, just, I just don't think that they have the same level of control that they used to, to pull those things off.
0: Yeah, but that may lead to their desperation to attack America in order to sustain themselves. They're very clear in their literature. They have said, we need to occupy North America for its resources, and we're not interested in cohabitation. I'm paraphrasing, but that's effectively the message I think this hastens their attack on America and I think this is why we're seeing so much fifth column activity coming into this country and I and I it, that's my fear my fear is whether or not they can succeed or not America could still become a battleground in this attempt
1: uh, and i'm I'm honestly I'm in the same boat as you with that. And that is because they are backed into a corner. So, their, I think that their longer term plan was to have more time for this. I mean, the original goal for China was to be the world power by 2049. Yeah, that's that's a long runway, right? I think they 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 see now that runway has been cut short dramatically, and so. But that does again. I agree with you. That does concern me, though. That out of desperation, they will try something now it makes me think that their attempt at war would be unsuccessful in terms of the overall winning. Maybe they can still wipe out, you know, 10, 50 million Americans in the process, but their ability to actually win in a war and take over and fully occupy America, I think is, it's like every day that goes on, their chance of doing that successfully is diminishing. But I agree, it doesn't mean that they're not going to try something as an Exactly, yeah,
0: exactly. Because I do think Xi Jinping has cast his lot and he needs to dominate the world or he will not be in power very long. Exactly. Um, but when I look at this, I'm going to share this with you, but I've got to be obtuse for reasons of protecting sources. But I've had th- four conversations. One was someone very close to me, but four, four discussions. Three were people of command grade. One was someone who associated with command grade across America. And the message was the same. If war breaks out with China, we're not following Biden. We probably will not be able to follow the Joint Chiefs. I'm really cutting to the chase because I got a, this, if then, this. But when I cut away everything, basically, we've got a segment of our military that's not going to comply with capitulation to China. Have you, have you come across this at all? Because I've come across this in the last three to four months.
1: I haven't come across that in the same ways that you have. I've heard, you know, third party. I, I haven't had any sources or intel coming to me um, at that level. I guess well, I, I, I've had a couple. I've, I've been on a few different chains with a few people like this, some retired generals, etc. That there have been some discussions that similar, but um, so I haven't come across it in the way that you have. But I, I would absolutely agree. I think that the people that you have the, the compromising, especially within the military. I think the higher you go, the more compromise that you, you get. Well, of course, they're trying to, if they want to control a, a corporation, they take control of the CEO and Correct. now they can control the, the corporation. It's not all the factory workers that are the ones doing the evil deeds. So I there's, think a, that-
0: there's a difference though, between the Pentagon and base commanders. Base commanders are how do I keep my men alive and how do we win the next battle? That's their whole objective uh millie when he says well i'll have to notify my chinese uh uh equivalent if we're ever going to attack them i mean just tell us you're just a traitor um and so are most of the joint chiefs if not all of them uh interesting the marine commandant is out though and i've heard this is some of what's involved in this but i i'm I, i'm not doing pie in the sky seth hoping this is true this has crossed my desk four independent times and um from people that are highly credible now i can go out there and grab the rumors as any of us can but uh the these statements were substantial from substantial people and um i, I i'm not looking at them there's a white knight to save america but um, to me it speaks to civil war
1: and, and that's and, and that's where my mind goes too. is that I think that there's people that want to believe this idea that at the very, very high level, you have these white hats in the military that are magically going to come out one day and say, we've been in control the whole time and it's all fixed. No, Um, I don't don't think so.
0: (laughs) I I don't believe that either. Their reason for doing this is self-preservation. Exactly. That's the bottom line.
1: And I think also knowing that it's like, would you rather preserve yourself here in that way or live under China? that's the thing is I do think that there's the people that have either sold themselves to the communist specter or they haven't. And the ones that haven't, that still have that clear conscience, it's not that they're you're right. It's not that they want to save America. That they realize the enemy is China, and they have. To, they, they're not going to follow the orders that are going to cause them to just hand the country over to China. But I, I agree, though, that that what would concern me with that is that you'd have a portion of the military not obeying. You'd have a portion going against him. But then that would give excuse for say Biden to say, Hey, look, we've got civil war in America. Chinese troops, UN troops. We need your help to help quell this, you know, this populist right rebellion happening in America, and it could get ugly.
0: Yeah, I think it could get very ugly. And that's when I think we're at greatest risk. The, the conversations I've had with military types, if we go into dis- civil discord, one military unit opposing another, for example, because that's where the civil war will happen. It won't be you and me picking up the pitchforks and going in the street. It'll be between armed forces. And and uh, I think that if this happens in America, that is the green light for Russia and China to attack America. That's when we'll be at our weakest.
1: Yeah, completely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, the, these are very difficult times. Here's what we've done, though. I've got to have you back on sooner rather than later because we've got to talk about CBDC. Um, I think what we talked about here are critically important, and this is not being discussed in regular circles. So what you and I talked about today are really kind of maybe in 5% of the periphery of discussions I hear in the alt media. Uh, CBDC is starting to dominate, as I'm glad it is, but I'm hoping uh, that you'll agree to come back on. Uh, before we close, though, I wanted to ask you, because uh, my audience is going to say, yeah, I know about Seth and does great work, or this is the first time I've seen him. So to those people, how can they follow you?
1: Sure. Well, thank you for asking. My so my show is called Man in America, yep. just as it sounds. My way, my main website is maninamerica.com. dot um, The two easiest way, I, easiest ways I recommend for folks though is go to your favorite podcast app. I'm on every podcast platform: Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just go to Rumble and just search for Man in America, and they'll find me there. So I'm doing right now. I'm doing about five shows every week. It's interviews similar to this conversation. Uh, it's you know, diving into... I'd probably say um, I am oftentimes in that 5% of the, the conversation. It's the 5%. And that's, that's really what I want to focus. I think that that's oftentimes the the more important place to focus, to understand what's really happening. And so those two ways, again, podcast app or Rumble, just search for Man in America okay. and they can find me. All my content's free and um, yeah, that's it.
0: Well, it's really interesting that you are talking about staying on point because uh, there's so many distractions right now. I had a liberal family member ask me this the other night at dinner. He said to me, Dave, don't you think there's more importance than uh, things than White House uh, cocaine exploits? And I said, Absolutely. I said it speaks to character, but we already know about their character. Uh He didn't like that too well. But the reality is this, is that uh, we're being distracted. And the main things, this is one of the two main things that I think are important. The other is CBDC uh because our leaders are on board with it. I wonder if China were to fall, though. I wonder how much hold Biden would have in his cohorts. I think... That might be a game changer, might be a provocative move towards war, too.
1: I I think that we would be surprised in a good way at how much of the evil empire would fall along with the CCP, because also you think about how many of these politicians are being controlled because some Chinese agent has photos of them with a hooker in China, you know? uh, So if, if that whole system falls and all these politicians have been voting to keep the border open and to push the trans agenda and all that stuff, if they realize that they're released from that chain, they're released from that, that, that noose around their neck, we might see that a lot of people all of a sudden become very pro-America.
0: Well, I think that's already beginning to happen. I mean, there was a lady, a state senator in Georgia, her last name is Mentor. I, Mentor, I think she's a rep, not a senator, but she just switched parties today. And she said, I'm doing it based on moral conscience. A black lady said, I'm for the people. I'm for teaching black children how to read in the inner city. And the Democratic Party is all about power and control. And I can't deal with that anymore. And I'm beginning to see a shift in Hispanics. have already made the shift They're the ri- fastest rising entrepreneurial class in America. And they have no time for this communism. So we're seeing a huge shift in the Hispanic community, too. So people are waking up. The fear I have is, will they wake up in time. That's yeah. where that's where the burden falls to you and me. That's uh, yeah. that that's where we got to do our job. Well, I'm going to be in touch with Chris because I want to get you back on to talk exclusively about CBDC. But your insights here are uh, frighteningly accurate. And I mean th- the words exactly as I said it. They are frighteningly accurate because if you're watching the show, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Seth and myself. And if you think life is going to be the same next year as it is this year. You need to go back and re-listen to this show and other shows as well, because that is not going to be the case. We are going to go through hard times, even if we save our country. We're going to go through very hard times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw out there, um, Dave, that also, if you ever want to do a show on prepping and preparedness, that's that's another big thing that I'm, I'm very... Passionate about. So if you, and A, I'd, I'd love to come back on. Absolutely, would love the opportunity. But um, then B, that, that's also something we, we could you know, work a show around because looking at if, if you see this is coming, the next rational question is, what can I possibly do about it? And that's yes. where I've, I've lived for quite some time in that, in that frame of mind. So that's a, a lot. There's a lot of really easy, practical things people can do to actually make themselves far more likely to get through uh, these times ahead.
0: You just stole the words from my mouth because the prep part of it is the answer to CBDC to a large extent. I exactly. totally agree with you. I, I, I like to say food, water, guns, gold ammo, natural medicine, and tools. And that's just kind of a moniker phrase I use, but but we're saying the same thing. Exactly. Well, Seth, you've been a delight to have on as a first-time guest. Uh, we'll definitely set this up so we can follow up on this because uh, I wish we had more time because I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface here. And it is interesting how many people we share in common and uh, I'll certainly be happy to share Liz Harris's information with you because I'm telling you, she is a wealth of information. She truly is. She's Carrie Lake at the state level. Carrie Lake, I think, is a national figure now. I think uh, she's a generational candidate. But Liz Harris, very impressive person. But anyway, hey, thanks for coming on. Um, keep up the great work. I love coming across your stuff, and I do read it intently.
1: Well, thank you so much, and thank you for what you're doing. I, I enjoy listen to your show as well. And I enjoyed you recently on uh, Sarah Westall and, and just everything you're doing. So thanks again for having me. It was an honor.